Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Gordon Mott from the Diocese of Columbus. Go home, team. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the gift of media, especially the gift of radio, uh, that we might evangelize uh, by all means uh, which we have. Lord, give us the grace to know you more fully and to speak your message of love and redemption and salvation to all we meet uh, with our lives. And we ask for Our Lady's help as we do this, as we pray together. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what is the Josephinum? I think there's uh, there's a lot of lore maybe that surrounds the Pontifical College Josephinum. Mm-hmm. Um, the, well, definitely living there, we know there's a lot of stories of things that have happened and yes. the history the of like the games of Quidditch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But also, there I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of what the Josephinum is. Um, as a semi, as a pontifical college Josephinum. Mm-hmm. Um, and several, almost, what, 20 years ago now, when now Bishop Olmsted was the rector of the Josephinum, uh, in 1999, they were preparing, it must have been 1998, they were preparing to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the death of the founder of the Josephinum, Monsignor Joseph Jessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he wrote this, article uh, that I've shared with both of you called The Josephinum Identity, and he deals with those three titles, Pontifical, College, and Josephinum. Uh, So what does it mean to be Pontifical Seminary? Uh, Why are we called a college instead of a seminary? Mm -hmm. Why not a Pontifical Seminary? St. Joseph's Pontifical Seminary or something? Yeah, that's a nice Um, (laughs) Instead, we're called a college, um, which he... uh, draws out great meaning from, I think. And then also the significance of the patronage of St. Joseph. Why did Monsignor Jessing pick St. Joseph to be the patron mm-hmm. uh, of of this seminary that he founded? And so I, I would just want together to maybe talk about uh, definitely what Bishop Olmsted has to say about the Josephinum, but then also uh, what our experience has been as inheritors of the legacy of Monsignor Jessing as seminarians of the Josephinum. Mm. So uh, just so that our listeners maybe get a better feel um, for what the Josephinum is and then also uh, how much it means to us as seminarians um, and, and maybe help them appreciate the great gift of the PCJ here in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just to start out with... Um, Monsignor Joseph Jessing, Monsignor Joseph Jessing founded the Josephinum in 1888 um, with the idea of uh, educating some of the orphans. He had originally founded an orphanage, uh, 
And a few of the orphans came to him and said, hey. Well, they probably didn't say hey back then, especially to a Monsignor. <laughs> That's a colloquialism. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dear Monsignor, Monsignor <laughs> <laughs> we would like to be priests too, just like you. Um, and so he put out uh, an appeal in the newspaper that was printed in German, the Ohio Volsenfront. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing mm. that. Um, saying that he was going to open a seminary, send him your young boys who would be interested in studying to be priests. And that next year, in 1888, uh, they started the seminary. Mm. And it wouldn't be until 1892 then that they get pontifical status uh, from Rome. But right away, uh, the Josephinum has an identity uh, and it and it's tied up in its name, and it's tied up in what uh, Bishop Olmsted called the institutional virtues. Hmm. Um, and this is what he says that those virtues are. Uh, the virtues which the Holy Spirit has formed with human cooperation in an institution over the years, virtues which help the members of that institution respond more easily, more eagerly, and more effectively to God's initiative in their lives. Hmm. And I think the Josephinum really has um, a lot of these virtues uh, carried on from the legacy of Monsignor Jessing. One of those virtues, I think, is just the very Germanic, get your jobs done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and to be proud of the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think many people would argue uh, with that men are proud of the work we do at the Josephinum, whether it's putting on an event, uh, or just mopping the halls, mm-hmm. which I see some people still need to do this week, <laughs> <laughs> or celebrating the liturgy, yeah. uh, the basketball tournament. Uh, there's a lot of pride taken mm-hmm. in in being Josephina men. Yeah. And I think um, just that word pontifical, it, it gets to the root of and what um, Monsignor Olmsted uh, outlines later in this um, article, being so bound to the heart of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about being connected to Peter the Rock mm-hmm. and having a affection and loyalty to the Holy Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that our pride really stems from that, that love of the church, which is manifested physically, the heart in Rome. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a beautiful thing, especially when on Sundays we dress up in those funny looking cassocks with the red <laughs> sash, right? It feels like we're like, Santa's elves, but there is something to it. I think that it's it's that expression of being so connected to Rome, to the heart of the yes. church, and I think that's it's a beautiful thing. And I think there it's right to take some pride in the fact that we are pontifical. Yeah, that somehow in 1892, this Monsignor, who was an immigrant to the United States um, mm-hmm. in 1892, was able to get not only a pontifical seminary but the only pontifical seminary outside of Rome. Yeah. Here yeah. in central Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. uh, now we've inherited these uh, pontifical cassocks. Yeah. Double-breasted, uh, red piping, red fascias. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I remember when the Holy Father came. Was it two years ago, three years ago, when Pope Francis yeah. came to canonize St. Junipero Serra mm-hmm. in D.C.? And because the Holy Father was here, we could wear, we got to wear, we had to wear <laughs> our pontifical cassocks. That's uh, right. 
in D.C. Normally, we can't wear them off of the property yeah. of the Josephinum. Uh, but here we were told to wear them in D.C. with, with the Holy Father, with all these other religious and yeah. monsignors and bishops and cardinals and their cassocks with purple sashes and red sashes. <laughs> and here, this busload of schmucks. Yeah, little 18 and 19-year-olds dressed like monsignors. Looking right? like monsignors and cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> People were just gawking. They, they hadn't seen such a thing in all of their lives. <laughs> That's right. Right out of central Ohio. Did did Pope Francis even notice us? I, I can't remember. It's... I was stuck outside. Yeah, I didn't There go. wasn't enough room in the basilica for me. Okay, okay. And I mean, and many others. I wasn't the yeah, only one outside. <laughs> Just Dalton. He got pushed outside. <laughs> no, there were many. We were many. We were many. They called yes. us legion. No. <laughs> There were actually a couple of Columbus guys that were just a couple of feet from him. So, really? Yeah. yeah, when he, because I think some of the guys were in the back pew. So when he processed in, okay, around and in, uh, he walked right past okay. the guys. That's good. See, yeah. see his sons. That's yeah. good. <laughs> um, but back to this idea of being pontifical. Uh, this is what Monsignor Joseph Jessing had to say uh, after getting the per- Constitution saying we were a pontifical seminary. He said, our students will be educated in the best possible manner, that they will excel in piety and virtue, that they will be imbued with a true and sound learning, and that the ecclesiastical spirit and zeal for God's honor and the spread of his church will develop in them in the highest degree. Hmm. Um, It's a tall order. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I read this, I said, oh, wow, I better shape up. But this Josephinum? Is he talking about this Josephinum? <laughs> is he talking about this seminary? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think just knowing, reading here from the words of Monsignor Jessing himself, the vision he had for mm-hmm. this institution. Um, and, and I'm sure there was so much work to be done uh, when he undertook this mission uh, and how much work we've inherited uh, mm-hmm. to sustain it and make it grow yeah. even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to be a pontifical seminary, we're, as I've already mentioned, the only seminary outside of Rome, uh, pontifical seminary outside of Rome. However, we are not sustained by the Roman, by the Vatican bank in any way, shape or form. No, unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> and this is why uh, the Josephinum relies totally on, uh, the support, well, from our tuition, obviously, mm-hmm. and room and board. Um, but that doesn't even cover the full tuition yeah. cost of yeah. educating a seminarian. Uh, so that's why we have everybody's beloved phonathon. Yeah. You know, yes. the seminarians <laughs> love calling people as much as people love being called. Yes, please Just give us your money. <laughs> be it known. <laughs> yes. um, and also the, the generous benefactors of the seminary. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's pretty amazing to see the work that's been able to be done. Absolutely. Yep. So moving on a little bit um, through Bishop Olmsted's uh, deal here about what it means to be pontifical and, and the relationship with the Holy Father, um, I love what he has to say about obedience hmm. um, and understanding this, what it means then uh, to be loyal Loyalty to Peter and the church bolsters our faith in the risen Christ and helps us proclaim the good news to others. And he also deals with, well, what do you do when you don't necessarily agree with what you're being called to obedience to? Or um, Hmm. what if 
he's writing under the papacy of Pope St. John Paul II. And he says, even at that time, there were people questioning the authority of the Pope. Hmm. Yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? What's he trying to pull off? Right. And this guy's a saint. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how can we be right. surprised, I think, in our own day when people question uh, the Holy Father or bishops? But we're still called uh, to be obedient and to trust in God's providence. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that stems from a deep love of the church and of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, it's not this blind obedience that you shut off your reason, just be like, okay, whatever you tell me, I'll do, and you're a robot, right? I think it's that idea of truly loving that vocation that is being fostered inside your soul. And out of that love, you trust those entrusted to you. Yeah. So there is this sense of community, right? Not only with the pontifical connection with Rome, but even with your formators, your other seminarians, you're all working towards the same goal. And so that obedience is a reflection of that, where you follow your elders out of trust and, and out of love. Uh, it's not so much a shutting down of the human person, the human mind, but a an expression of your love and trust. So, You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. You can hear this show every Saturday at 1130 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres of the Diocese of Charlotte and Gordon Mott from Columbus. So we're talking about uh, just a few more words maybe on what it means to be pontifical, the pontifical college Josephinum. And the word pontifical itself and its root, right? Uh, pontiff is the bridge builder. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bishop Olmsted says that this is really significant and that we're called to a higher degree uh, than even other seminarians to foster what it means to be a bridge, um, a bridge for people to encounter Jesus Christ, um, that our personalities, our own uh, maybe quirks, mm-hmm. should not be obstacles for people to meet God, to encounter Christ, right. um, but should help them uh, encounter Christ. Yeah, And uh, I, and I just like in here, of the, always called to a higher degree. All seminarians are called to this. But because of our relationship as a pontifical seminary, we're called to a higher degree. Hmm. Um, so it's, set the standard. <laughs> it's not setting us on a pedestal uh, at all, but in, in fact, putting more demands on us. Right, right, right. And I think that's something to be realized and, and embraced. And feared. <laughs> and feared. <laughs> to whom much is given, much is expected. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so moving on from pontifical um, on to a college. Why are we called a college instead of a seminary? Hmm. Um, I, I never thought about it before until I read this. I don't know if y'all had. Um, but what, it, what he goes on to say is that it's, it's through collegiality. We help one another learn. We help one another grow in holiness um, just by living in community. Mm, yeah. Um, that... There's significance to the fact that I love, there's this one line, I have to find it. You can see I underlined way too much. Uh, But what he says, in effect, is that we'll be better priests in the future, 10 years down the road of ordination, God willing, we're ordained. We'll be better priests because of the men we (coughs) sat beside in chapel, the guys we argued with in class, Hmm. the guys we rubbed elbows with in the refectory. Yeah. 
and that that's what it means to be a college. It's not just to be in school and classrooms, yeah. but it's to be doing life together. Right, right. You know? And I think that goes back to a traditional understanding of education, that it is not just learning facts like your stamp collecting, mm-hmm. but actually growing in virtue and becoming the best person that you can be through education. And so this idea of a community of people that are unified in all their verses, their many verses, and that's where we get the, the term university, is like mm-hmm. one verse or one out of many verses. Yeah. And that goal, again, is ultimately it's God himself. And so whether we're learning mathematics, literature, uh, biology, philosophy, theology, this is all knowledge that partakes in the truth of God. Mm-hmm. And knowing more, again, not just memorizing facts, but actually knowledge itself really does build us up towards truth. And we become better people for it. We grow in virtue and excellence. So, Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, but Monsignor Jessing, his motto, what we know as motto for the seminary, uh, si Deus pro nobis quis contrinos. Yeah. If God is for us, who can be against this us? This your Latin. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's from giving tours. No, that's from Dr. Lemel, maybe. <laughs> but uh, the motto for the newspaper uh, that used to help fund the seminary was truth in all things, justice for all. Hmm. Um, and Monsignor carried that over then uh, and how he wanted to prepare hmm. new priests uh, for I mean, at that time, I guess it was the new evangelization for him. But yeah, yeah. For the work of evangelization. Right, right. And that idea, I like that idea of truth, combining truth and justice like that. Um, it goes, again, goes back to the idea of education, seeking truth, the knowledge of it. And then in practice, it's that justice that acts out. Um, very, very traditional. And to do that together as a group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a group of men. Yeah, that does speak to us being a college, um, our identity as a college, very much so. Yeah. And uh, so I think just this idea of being called a college um, calls seminarians to focus on that intellectual pillar of formation mm-hmm. um, in a way different than other seminaries. Yeah, we do have – the Josephinum is really considered a um, standard bearer when it comes to our intellectual life. Academically, we're known as one of the more rigorous seminaries. Um that's not to say that I'm a rigorous academic, <laughs> maybe far from it, but mm-hmm. uh, the Josephinum is, we do pride ourselves in having a very strong academic um, background. Yeah. So, But then also having to to take our, our book learning, mm-hmm. as some might call it, um, <laughs> and to be effective in a ministerial role and a pastoral role. Right, right. And that, yeah, exactly. And that goes back to that whole idea that n- education is not just about facts mm-hmm. and you're just floating up in the world of ideas, right? It's supposed to be practical. You're supposed to live your life through that education. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, then I think education has missed its mark ultimately. So Exactly. Bishop Olmsted said, as Catholic scholars, we know that we do not stand apart from the believing community of the faithful. We stand gratefully within it in a communion of charity and truth. And we believe that the faith which we teach in the classroom is the same faith that we celebrate in the sacred liturgy, the same faith which unites all the baptized in the mystical body of Christ. Yeah, there you go. And I think that's that huge um, thing that maybe 
seminarians lose sight of. You know, there's almost a disconnect between the things you're learning and then when you go out to your apostolic works yeah. assignment. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not in the classroom right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really that what that time in the classroom should enliven your faith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and make you stronger and more effective yeah. in your pastoral setting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so lastly, what does it mean to be the Josephinum uh, mm-hmm. under the, the house of St. Joseph? Yeah. Um, Joseph, St. Joseph is the worker. Feast day, March 19th, which is a great day at the Josephinum because there's no, no class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also celebrated on right, May 1st, St. Joseph the Worker. Yes. May 1st. Yep. Um, so just quickly to, to go over the key points from Bishop Olmsted, he says St. Joseph teaches us the meaning of work. St. Joseph is a model of spiritual fatherhood. St. Joseph inspires us to love the church. St. Joseph edifies us in the practice of chastity. Mm. And St. Joseph loved the Virgin Mary. These are all things that the priest is called to do. Yeah. Um, and that's why he, he is such a great example for us. Um, you know, we know being at the Josephinum that living in this almost 100-year-old house is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God for the maintenance crew. Oh, and and the, thank God for housekeeping who helps us with so much of it. the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> IT department, yes. Deo gracias. <laughs> um, yeah, but just this this campus of the Josephinum, uh, it takes so much to sustain it yeah. and to keep it relevant for mm-hmm. right now 21st century seminary formation. Yeah. Um, and it does, I think, teach us the value of work and what hard work can accomplish in preserving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This and building, I, this. I do love just you. You mentioned the grounds of the Josephinum and. I do love the actual, just the physical location, the place. It's a beautiful, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful um, seminary. Walk, walking the grounds, especially uh, that little uh, cemetery we have oh, yeah. back there, saying your little rosary on a walk there. Um, it reminds me a lot of the architecture of Belmont Abbey. And so it was almost like a home away from home uh, yes. for me. And just yeah, it, it's a really beautiful, and we're very. Sometimes we take it for granted. We're cooked up inside so so often when it's you know negative three degrees <laughs> during February or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it truly is just to step back um, and look at these uh, grounds, this place. Um, we really do have something special here. So. Yeah. So a fun fact is Monsignor Jessing's real name when he was baptized was John Joseph Jessing. Um, yeah. So his real name should have he should have gone by John Monsignor John Jessing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no real evidence of why he chose to go by Joseph instead. However, the author of our article speculates <laughs> that uh, it's because Monsignor Jessing's father died at the age of four, and okay. we know the story of of John Paul II. He went before the image of the Blessed Mother when his mother died and said, yeah. "Well, you'll have to be my mother now." Mm-hmm. And he said, there's no evidence for this, but he likes to think that perhaps when Monsignor Jessing's father died, he went to St. Joseph and said, you will have to be my father now. Oh. And that that's why he took the name Joseph. And eventually that devotion would spill over into the Josephinum. Interesting. Nice little fantasy. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I'd like to think I have a Ferrari. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, So the spiritual fatherhood. 
that we're going to, I think uh, that's something that's hard for a lot of people to understand it. I think it comes from that question of why do we call priests father? Yeah. Um, is because we don't understand necessarily what it means to be a spiritual father. Mm. Yeah. Um, or people who want to know why priests can't get married. They don't understand maybe that the priest takes the church as his bride mm. and yeah. that the children who come into the church through baptism are his spiritual children. Yeah. The flock entrusted to him is his spiritual children. Yeah. And I think St. Joseph really answers those questions, right? Like looking at his life, the way he, you know, he was a foster father to Christ. Christ would call mm-hmm. him father, perhaps, right? Yeah. Father Joseph, whatever, father. <laughs> um, but he wasn't his father, father, right? That was God the father. Um his celibacy, St. Mm-hmm. Joseph's celibacy too. Looking at the life of St. Joseph, I think I think we see a lot of traits of what it means to be a priest um, as well. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, jo- St. Joseph teaches us, and particularly seminarians need to learn, what it means to be authentically masculine, mm, yeah. um, which is uh, called to sacrifice, right? Yeah. To be obedient, first of all. Um, right, St. Joseph was obedient to the laws of J- Judaism when mm-hmm. he took Christ to the temple uh, for the presentation, mm-hmm. when he took him on pilgrimage to um, to the temple yeah. when he was lost. Yeah. Uh, he's the protector. He fled with the Holy Family to Egypt to protect the Christ child during the slaughter of the innocents. Mm-hmm. Um, and St. Joseph taught Christ what it means to work. He taught him the trade of the carpenter. Yeah. Um, and so these are things that we look to St. Joseph for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly taught by our own fathers, um, hopefully. Um, but if not, we have this example of St. Joseph. Yeah. And yeah. Monsignor Jessing did the same thing to the orphans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the Josephine used to be ran by a newspaper worked at uh, by the orphans yeah. and seminarians <laughs> and also a wood shop that made furniture for the churches. Fitting. St. Joseph. Yeah. There you go. Carpentry. The wood shop. <laughs> so anyways, that's the Pontifical College Josephine uh, in a nutshell, perhaps. A little of the identity. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for today's Seminarian Show. You can hear this show every Saturday at 1130 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give Give us this day our daily bread. And, and forgive, forgive us our trespasses, trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then Sanctity